Last week, we left off with Peter. Peter, who had boasted that over all the other disciples, he was the one that was going to follow Jesus even to death if necessary. Right? How'd that work for him? Now, as you know, Peter, when it push came to shove, he denied Jesus three times. Denied that he even knew him, right? So, and yet, now we saw last week this humbled Peter before Jesus was forgiven, was restored. What a lesson to us. You know, you can never blow it so far that you can't humbly come back to Jesus and be restored. Amen? What, a, what an awesome, awesome truth from the Scriptures, because we blow it sometimes, don't we? But Peter not only is restored in relationship with the Lord, he is reaffirmed in his calling as an apostle, uh, probably had a viral podcast after that, wrote a best-selling book. I mean, hey, they might even make him Pope after all of this, you know? Um, but then Jesus adds this in John chapter 21. Go ahead and turn there this morning if you're not there already, as we've been going along in our study in John. John chapter 21, beginning at 18, Jesus turns to Peter and says, Truly, truly, I say to you, when you were young, you used to dress yourself and walk wherever you wanted. But when you are old, you will stretch out your hands, and another will dress you and carry you where you do not want to go. Verse 19, this he said to show by what kind of death he was to glorify God. And after saying this, he said to him, follow me. I want to share a message from these two verses this morning. I've entitled, I have decided. I have decided. So we talked a couple of weeks ago about how important our own call to follow Jesus is as believers, right? That of all the people on the face of the earth, we alone have the message of the gospel, the life-changing truth that can alter someone's eternity to bring them out of darkness into the light, right? How important that calling is for you and me. And we know that, that following Jesus for us brings many benefits, doesn't it? I mean, the, the, the restored relationship with God, the, the interactions that we have with Him that are so, so satisfying, right, to, to us. Um, that, that inner peace and joy and hope that you just can't find in the world, but we find it in Him. That, that gets us through just any whatever circumstance that we're in, right? He is with us. We know that. We know he's going to help us. The answered prayer that comes from our time with him. The goodness of God that we sang about this morning, right? So many benefits in our lives to following Jesus. But Jesus reminds Peter and us that following him is not all going to be roses and smiles. Okay, you look at, at Peter's life. Um, he says, when you are old, you will stretch out your hands and another will dress you and carry you where you do not want to go. This he said to show what kind of death he was going to glorify God. Tradition tells us that indeed Peter um, was arrested and sentenced to death and that uh, 
again, this is tradition. We don't have any proof. But he didn't feel worthy to be crucified like Jesus, so they crucified him upside down. Okay? One way or another, we know that Peter lost his life for his faith in Jesus. He was martyred. And you and I, probably in this country, will not be martyred for our faith in Jesus. But there are difficulties that each and every one of us will face if we truly follow him as believers. We will struggle, uh, as I see it, against three main things. And here they are, the flesh, the world, and the devil. We will struggle against the flesh, the world, and the devil. And you and I need to understand that if we're going to be equipped to prevail over these things by the power of the Holy Spirit. We need to understand it's coming. You know, not, not have this pie in the sky, by and by attitude. If I just, if I just believe in Jesus, everything is going to go wonderful all the time. How many, how, how many have lived that that's not exactly true, right? No, we go through trials. We, Jesus said, in this world, you will have tribulation, didn't he? But he said, be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. He said, I will never leave you. I will never forsake you. So let's talk about these this morning. First, the flesh. What, what do we mean by that we're going to struggle against the flesh? The flesh, of course, is our own earthly bodies, right? Um, not, not to say that we wrestle against ourselves, you know, just, I mean, some of us do to try to get out of bed in the morning. Um, <laughs> but, but the flesh, biblically, Let's, let's define the flesh biblically as we, as we look at the, at the epistles in the New Testament. It's, it's our physical and emotional desires that have been affected by the corruption of the fall, by the sin of Adam and Eve, right? We're all affected by that. And our physical and emotional desires are corrupted by sin. They are our self-serving inclinations and impulses that go beyond meeting legitimate needs and end up causing problems for ourselves and for others. I mean, you know what I'm talking about. Yeah, we all know. Galatians chapter 5, beginning of verse 19 says, Now the works of the flesh are evident. Sexual immorality, impurity, sensuality, idolatry, sorcery, enmity, strife, jealousy, fits of anger, rivalries, dissensions, divisions, envy, drunkenness, orgies, and things like these. I warn you as I warned you before that those who do such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. Okay, this obviously isn't the complete list, but you can see the physical impulses, the emotional impulses, right, that we struggle against as human beings. In moments of passion, in moments of insecurity, in moments of anger, we all face these physical and emotional inclinations and impulses, don't we? It's a constant battle, and more so for us who desire to live godly lives, for us who desire to, that our lives would be honoring to the Lord for all that he's done for us. Uh, it's, it's tougher. You know, there, there was times that I didn't care about a lot of these things, right? But now I do, and now I battle against them. Now they're temptations as they are for you. And fortunately, though, the Lord has given us, the Bible says, all we need for life and godliness. He has given us what we need to keep our flesh in check 
and prevail in this struggle, in this battle. And Lord willing, I'm going to expand on that in a couple of weeks because I think it bears uh, looking at a little more closely. Secondly, you and I will struggle against the world uh, in two ways. Uh, one is just the grief that we feel over the ungodliness in our society, right? The immorality, moral depravity, things like the senseless killings in Rochester that we just hear about night after night after night after night, right? Referring to Lot, the nephew of Abraham, Peter, in his second epistle, verse 8, says this, uh, For as that righteous man lived among them day by day, this is when he was in Sodom, he was tormenting his righteous soul over their lawless deeds that he saw and heard. A lot of lawlessness, you know, another mass shooting, another this, and, and just the, the things that we hear about on the news day after day after day. They're grievous. They're frustrating, right? We long for Jesus to come back and set everything right again. But it's not that way. So right now we're, we're, we're struggling against that and what we see and hear. The other way we struggle against the world is in persecution, all right, to various degrees. Again, uh, some of us in this country uh, may be laughed at for, for being a Christian or what, you know, chided uh, for our non-participation with other people in the things that they're doing or labeled a hater because we hold biblical values and don't endorse just everything everybody else is doing, to flat-out spiritual war uh, in places like Iran. You know, you talk about persecution in America, that's one thing. You talk about persecution in places like Iran and China, and it's a whole different story, right? This, this message would mean totally different, right, in a place like that. But those are the levels of persecution that we as Christians will face. The Bible says that, 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 that the uh, forces of darkness act upon. The, the people will come against us just because of the name that we carry. 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 12 says this, Indeed, all who desire, there's that word all, all who desire to live a godly life in Christ Jesus will be persecuted, one way or another. And we're going to talk about how to handle those struggles in the future, too, because that's, you know, that's where the rubber hits the road. We need to be equipped to handle persecution. And finally, the third area that we struggle is against the devil. Yes, there is a real devil. Jesus called him the God, small g, of this world system. And Lord, small l, over the evil realm of the demonic. Ephesians chapter 6 gives us a little look into that where Paul says, we do not struggle against flesh and blood, that is against other people, that's, that's not who we're wrestling against, but we're wrestling against the rulers, the authorities, against the cosmic powers over this present darkness, against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. We talked about that a number of weeks back. These are the real forces. You want to you you understand, you pull back the veil at, at why there is such hatred and animosity and infighting in our country. Pull back the veil, you would see these spiritual forces 
acting upon the hearts of people, egging us on. Don't take that from them. You deserve this. Right? All the time. All the time. And we struggle against them in many ways, these these dark forces. Once again, uh, Jesus called Satan the father of lies, didn't he? We struggle against lies every day. Every day, lies that tell us that, that the, you know, the biblical values that we stand for are old-fashioned, that the Bible's, you know, just a book written by people, and you need this, and you need that, and you need the other thing to be happy. And, and besides that, you're worthless, and you're no good, and you're washed up, and God doesn't really like you, and all these lies that infiltrate our lives every day we battle against, don't we? Temptations, right? All day long, temptations. Whether it's to act on those impulses, ah, that dirty, rotten, you know, especially in traffic situations like that. The people that we work with or, or you know, that, that bother us, that frustrate us, we deal with temptations, personal temptations, which is why I had to take the cookies my wife made and put them in the downstairs freezer so I wouldn't just keep going back and back and back because, you you know, we, we deal with temptation, don't we? How many, let, let, just, may, maybe not raise your hands, how many have ever gotten in a fight on the way to church in the car? Has that ever happened to anybody besides my family? Right? Um, it just, the, the situations where all heck breaks loose on a Sunday morning so that you just throw in the towel and don't even go to church, right? You think we battle against stuff? Absolutely. Absolutely. My wife and I have seen this struggle so clearly uh, through the years. Whenever we were going to have a big church event where one of us was, was playing a major role, speaking, leading a conference, whatever, and all of a sudden, a week and a half before, two weeks before, we are just at each other's throats. We can't seem to, to connect on anything, right? Just everything is like, why is, oh yeah, hello, you know, we got this thing going on, and what does the enemy want? He wants to discourage us. You can't even keep your own home at peace, and you're going to teach other people, right? Pray for your pastor. Pray for your pastor's wife. You know, the enemy, you know, how many, how many leaders in the Christian church have we seen fall and the devastation that happens to churches, right? I face temptations. I face struggles. I face trials. I face Sunday mornings where it's like, am I going to get out of bed this morning, right? Um, do the best I can. But, uh, yeah, I covet your prayers. Because we are not immune to uh, the enemy trying to hammer us and get us down because they know that we affect the lives of a lot of people. So, spiritual warfare. I think we need to talk about that in a couple of weeks too, don't we? Yeah. So bring it all down. Bring it all down. And here's what Jesus is saying. If you and I are really and truly going to follow him as a believer. You know, even that term, follow, right? We talked about that in the beginning. It, isn't that the same um, 
the same term, the same words that when Jesus first found Peter and Andrew at, at the lake with their nets, right? What was the first thing that he said to him, re- recorded in Matthew? He said to, to the two of them, follow me, right? Follow me. We talked about the, the uh, discipleship relationship. They left their nets behind. They left their, their, their old world behind, their, their hopes, their dreams, their plans. They left it all behind to enter into this relationship with Jesus, to learn from him, to watch him, to, to do the things that he did as, as a, an example for them. And to, and to do that, right? They, they, he, he was calling them away and into something Different. And so again, Jesus is saying that to Peter. Follow me. Follow me. And if we are going to follow him, what happened to Jesus? Everything was a bed of roses for him, right? He was misunderstood. He was mistreated. They tried to take him down. They tried to catch him in his words, right? And in the end, they didn't want him around, period, right? If we are going to follow, if we're going to follow the Holy Spirit, if we're going to step into the enemy's territory and try to rescue the perishing, we're going to face these struggles and these trials because the enemy wants us, above all things, ineffective. You can believe in Jesus as long as you sit home and twiddle your thumbs and don't do anything with it. And they'll leave you right alone. But as soon as you get out there, as soon as you start sharing Jesus with people, try to make a difference, that's when it comes. So why do we do it? Why do we do it? Why do we follow Jesus? Because we know that he is the way, the truth and the life, right? Because he loves us so much that he came and he died on the cross taking our sins so that we could be forgiven, so that we could be reconciled to God, so that we who were destined for a godless eternity of torment could be welcomed into glory in his presence where there will be nothing but awesomeness forever and ever and ever and ever. And he did that for us, right? And because we see the big picture now, we see the big picture. A few years ago, when we were still in Ohio, my wife and I set out one very cold morning to take our daughter to the airport. It was so icy that day that uh, a lot of the main roads were closed. But hey, we're from New York, right? We're from upstate New York. What's a little ice? So we're going to get in the car and we're going to take our daughter to the airport. So we, we, uh, we, we go up this way and this road's closed. We go over this way trying to follow the GPS. We crest over this hill at about 20 miles an hour maybe. Get to the other side. It is steep down to an intersection. There's an accident at that intersection and I can't stop. I am sliding all the way down the hill, calling on Jesus for, for 50 yards, right? And finally, through, you know, the grace of God and some experience driving in the winter in New York, got, managed to get off the side of the road before the intersection. 
And then my head cleared, and the Lord was going, Ron, go. And it's like, yeah. And I charged up that hill so I could start flagging other cars. And some of them were coming up that hill from the other side. It really wasn't that steep on the other side. They're coming towards that hill at about 35 or 40 miles an hour, and I can just imagine. So I am, you know, waving like crazy. Flagged down, I don't know, four or five, six cars before the uh, police came and secured the scene. And we, you know, were able to uh, turn around and say, all right, no, no airport, we're, we're, we're going home. All right, we lose. Um, but, right? I mean, you would have done the same thing. I mean, you know that, the, that there's an inter, intersection there. You know that there's an accident there. You know that they're going to not have a place to stop. And if they're going at a good clip, there's going to be chaos, there's going to be injury, there's going to be maybe death, there's going to be cars rolling over, you know. What do you got to do? You got to charge up that hill. And you got to start flagging cars. That's why we do it. Because we know spiritually the bridge is out ahead. We know spiritually what that intersection of life and death is going to mean for those who have rejected the gospel. And so we want to share the goodness of God. We want to share the gospel with others. We can't help not being a part of this call to follow Him. Right? So we follow. And we fight the good fight. Because Jesus said two things. He said, go into all the world with this life-changing gospel. And he said this, and lo, I am with you, even to the end of the age. He's going to be with us through it. Through our own personal struggles against the flesh, through our struggles against the world, through our struggles against the devil. He is going to be with us to give us wisdom and grace and inner power that we can prevail and not only speak the message of the gospel, but live it before other people. Because they've heard words. They hear words from everybody. Everybody's got the answer, right? Can't be just words. Words are important, but it's got to be our lives. And as they see us prevailing, they see us living the life, they're going to say, there's something different here. There's something real here, and I want in on it because what I'm doing isn't cutting it. We hear so much about mental illness. We hear so much about people who have no hope in this world. And they've tried this, and they've tried that, and this has let them down, and that has let them down, and people have let them down. We have the words of eternal life. We have the, that which brings true hope and peace. We've got to share it. So again, the end of verse 19 in our text, after telling Peter, it's not all going to be a bed of roses, Peter, Jesus issues once again that same call to him. He says, follow me. Follow me. Be my disciple. Come into the light. Enter into the life of one who knows God. Be a part of my plan. 
to help people go from darkness to light. Would you join me? That's his call to Peter, and that's his call to each and every one of us. Will you take up the call? Let's pray. God, thank you so much for coming to us, for revealing the truth that Jesus came because you loved us so much, came to bear our sin and our penalty on that cross so that we could be forgiven, made clean, made whole, restored in a right relationship with you, filled with your Spirit, that we might know your presence and we might hear your voice, receive wisdom and joy and peace and hope and the power to live and share this message with others. Help us, Lord, to decide to follow you, knowing that there's going to be difficulties, struggles, trials, but knowing that you will be with us every step of the way. And that we have an awesome church family here to walk with us. We thank you for that, Lord. Be glorified in and through us, we pray. And perhaps there's someone here this morning, as we're still bowed in prayer, or the sound of my voice listening online, and you say, I've, I've never answered that call. I've never opened my heart to Jesus. I've never asked Him to be my Savior. You can do that right now. It's not big fancy words. It's not, it's not learning the whole thing. It's just you and the Lord. He said, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice, opens that door, I will come in. And if you're sick and tired of being sick and tired and nothing working that really satisfies your heart and soul, you hear His voice, don't you? Time to open that door. Just say, Jesus, I open the door of my heart to you. Thank you for dying for me. Thank you for taking my sin that I might be forgiven. Come into my heart and life. Be my Savior and my Lord. And I thank you for it. God, make it real. Make it real this very day. We praise you and we thank you. Through Christ we pray. Everyone said, Amen. Amen. If you prayed that prayer here or online uh, for the first time, please get a hold of me. Love to put a Bible in your hand, answer a bunch of questions that you might have. Um, but welcome to the family of God, the greatest family on the face of the earth. Can I get an Amen? <laughs>